Unfortunately, we encountered some issues with our recording this past Sunday. We have recovered the audio as best we can, but we do apologize for the quality. Good morning, good morning. How you guys doing? Awesome. Man, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Thank you, worship team. Thank you, guys. We are uh, wrapping up our uh, series today on bold prayers, but it doesn't mean that you can stop praying. We have, over the last uh, five weeks, uh, we've been walking through just some different prayers um, found in Scripture, and this morning we're going to be in John chapter 17. If you guys have your Bibles uh, with you, I encourage, encourage you to bring your paper Bible. Um, if you don't have one, then we'll make sure that you get one before you leave. Um, we've, been, we've just been challenging you guys over these last few weeks to pray bold prayers. And uh, my question for you this morning is, have you been praying bold prayers? Has he answered? How? You're here? Okay. I'm here too. Strength, okay. Strength and sadness. How else? How has, how has God answered some prayer? Y'all like, man, Pastor Chris going old school Baptist. We're having testimony time. He said, wait. He, wait. He said, wait. Okay. What's that? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Go deeper. What's something specific that you prayed for that God answered? Joy in the traffic. <laughs> Joy in the traffic. Is that like getting out of church or is that like the diverging diamond or is that like going to Wilmington? Right? Okay, confession time. How many people have cussed on your way to Wilmington? Just kidding. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So this morning we're talking about John 17. And this is a passage, this is probably one of the, uh, I don't want to say most important, but it was a prayer that was prayed by Jesus. I mean, how, how more important can you get? How uh, more impactful can you get? I actually thought about this this, this morning as I was processing through everything is that um, it's interesting that God, Jesus, was, this was a time where Jesus was just getting ready to go into the, uh, uh, go to the cross. And can you imagine what he was thinking, what he was feeling in those moments in, in this preparation for going to the cross? He was actually praying for us. He's actually praying, he was actually praying for us. And uh, what I think is really cool is that this morning as we look at, jump into John chapter 17, we're actually talking about Jesus and how he, it, there's three parts to John chapter 17. If you read the whole chapter, there's one where Jesus prays for himself. There's a section where Jesus prays for his disciples or his followers. And then there's also a, a section, the last uh, portion of scripture, a portion of that chapter is Jesus actually praying for those who will actually become believers. And so there's three parts parts into this, and I found it really interesting, and I asked myself the question, did God answer Jesus' prayer? Yes. Well, he's in process, right? He's, he's, I don't know that there was ever a time that Jesus prayed that it didn't get answered, that it didn't actually come to fulfillment, and, and, I, I, and I just processed it and thought about that because here's the deal. We can either be a part of the answer of Jesus' prayer or we can disassociate ourselves from the very thing that Jesus is praying for his own church. Because one of the things he was praying was, Lord, make them one, make them unified, make them a body, make them the body of Christ, help, help them to be so unified that the world will see who God the Father is through his local church, the body of Christ. 
And that's what he's called us to do. Now, I find it really interesting. I did some, did some studying. Do you guys know what coffee, green beans, a beard length, a vacuum cleaner, and a clock all have in common? I bet you don't. They caused splits in a church. Coffee, green beans, beard length, vacuum cleaner and a clock. Splits in the church, right? Some people didn't like the type of coffee that was being served. They wanted Starbucks instead of Folgers. <laughs> green beans, they weren't, some believe that green beans shouldn't be served at a church potluck pot, 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 dinner. These are actually legitimate splits in the church. Uh, beard length. They thought that the worship pastor's beard length was too long. I'm not sure when we started arguing over that or measuring it. A vacuum cleaner. They got mad because they wanted a different vacuum cleaner. They voted on a vacuum cleaner and the clock. They, they, they fought over whether there should be a clock in the worship center, in the sanctuary, which by the way, we have a clock, I don't always pay attention to it, but can you imagine, can you imagine, like, can you imagine being Jesus or God the Father sitting up in heaven going, what? Like, are these people stupid or what? I don't know if he said that. He might have, you actually know the word stupid's in the Bible? I, I, I mean, and I'm sitting there wondering, like, what is God thinking when we become a church that we fight over these stupid things? You know, because there have been splits over the color of the carpet or the color of the pews or where the cross goes or all these kind of things. Those are the types of things that have become problems in the church. And, and my encouragement to us this morning is let's fight for the things that matter for eternity, not the things that are just temporary. Yeah, y'all cheer now, but in a few, you know, who knows, in a year or two, I'm probably going to make a decision you're not going to like. Right? Because that's just, that's just the reality. No church is perfect, right? And if you're here this morning for the first time, you're looking for the perfect church, this is not it. There's not a perfect church. But what I love about this prayer is that Jesus' desire for his church was that we would be one, that we would be unified. Now, I realize that we're going to have difference of opinions over certain things, but God's desire was that we would be one. And we're going to read that here in John chapter 17. If you have your Bible, let's turn to John chapter 17, verse, and we'll start with, I'm going to do verse 1 through 5, and then I'm going to skip down to 13 through 26, okay? Let's pray. God, um, would you just speak to us through your word this morning? God, I pray that crosswinds would be a unified body that we would be one. I pray that we would be an example to other churches about how unified we are. And God, I pray that we would become one and unified with other churches. God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 17, verse 1 says, After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, 
and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Remember Jesus said in, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, Jesus speaks of asking the Father in this moment. These first five verses, Jesus speaks asking the Father to glorify him. It's not, that doesn't, listen, that doesn't mean that he be lifted up and praised. It means that he's asking God to give him the ability to walk through what he's about to walk through by going to the cross. I mean, can you imagine being Jesus in this moment and you know that the cross is just within hours away and having to navigate that in, in, in emotionally, physically, because we know that Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and he just prays and prays and prays. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus sh shows his humanness and he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will but your will be done. And so he surrenders his will. He surrenders his, uh, his, his authority. Even as Jesus, son of God, he's surrendering to his father in heaven. And then skip down to, to verse 13, and it says this. It says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because, because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Man, what an incredible prayer of Jesus. When I think that we can all learn from, one that we, I think it just helps us to understand more of who God is. There are three things that come out of this, pa out of this passage that Jesus is speaking to, and then I'm going to give you essentially three things that are the accomplishment of this prayer. The, the three things are this, Jesus says, protect them from the world. 
If there's more than anything that we need as believers, as followers of Jesus, we know that the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy us, to destroy the things around us, to destroy um, the world around us. And one of the things that Jesus was praying in his moment, Lord, protect them from those things. Because it's so easy to fall into the trap and, and into the culture and do the exact same things and say the exact same things. Instead of swimming upstream, it's so much easier to swim with the stream. And so Jesus' prayer for his disciples and for us today is that we wouldn't fall into that same trap, that we wouldn't be deceived by the enemy, but that we would be protected from the world. The second thing is he says, set them apart from the world for his glory, that we will be set apart because as believers, we are called to be set apart. He, he even says there in the passages he's praying, he says, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but I'm praying that you keep them in the world, but keep, but they're not of the, they're not in the, they're in the world, but they're not of the world. And so understanding that what God has given us and the things that he has called us to, that we don't fall in line. We set ourselves apart from the things that the world do, does. And that's called holiness. It's called understanding the word of God and, and, and desiring and striving to, do, striving to do everything we can to live within the, the boundaries with which God has given us. So set apart from the world for his glory. And the last thing he talks about is that we would be one, that the body of Christ, that his church would be one, that if we claim to be believers, that the believers should be one and a unified body, that we should all be moving in the same direction. And so I, I want to give you three things that I think help accomplish this as we understand Jesus' prayer, that his prayer was that we would be protected, that we would be set apart, but that we would be one. And for the church to accomplish that... For this local body to be able to accomplish that, I believe there are three things that we must fully understand that this passage also speaks to as a part of accomplishing this very prayer that God has for us. The first thing is this, that we must align our will with his. Like even personally, I'm not just talking about the church because as a church, as, as, as a staff, as a pastor, as a staff, as a leadership team, we're all trying to strive to do the things that God calls us to. We're, we're constantly say, asking for discernment to say, God, where, do you want, where, are your, where are you at? Because that's where we want to be. That's, those are the things that we are wanting to accomplish. And so it's every day, it's every week, it's every month, it's every year surrendering to the things that God may have for us in the days to come. And saying, God, that's what we want as individuals. We have to come to this place where we're surrendering to the will of the Father. If Jesus was doing it, then I think it's pretty important for us to do it as well as individuals. And so it's surrendering. It's really, I think it's really interesting how that has been a little, a little bit of a common theme over the last couple of weeks. Because if you were here last week, that's exactly what Matt preached on was this whole idea of surrender. That Jonah came to this place in his life where he realized he had to surrender to the will of the Father. And because he didn't surrender to the will of the Father, he ended up in the belly of a fish. And so we must align our will with his. We have to strive to desire the same things as Jesus. We have to, like Paul was said, let there be less of us and more of him, more of Jesus. That even Jesus lived in surrender to the will of the Father. It's really interesting. I asked you just a moment ago about bold prayers. I've been praying bold prayers. And this past week, I came home from work one day and actually said, uh, I remember actually saying, hey, God answered one of my prayers today. 
I'm like, what was that? And she said, well, I lost the car keys about a year ago. I lost the car keys a year ago, and I was like, you know what? God cares about that, so I started praying about it. And guess what? On Thursday, we found the car keys. They were at her mother's house, hanging on the thing in her mother's house. Not sure how they got there. Maybe God just put them there, and then Melinda found them. But I think it's awesome. You're like, man, it's such a simple thing. No, it's a big thing. Because to me, if God wants to answer the car key prayer, then guess what? He's going to do, he wants to do even more than that. If he cares that much about a set of car keys, he cares about us. He cares about what we're going through. He cares about answering our prayers. And we have to trust him that in that moment, listen, if the keys never showed up, guess what? That's okay. We had another set for the last year. We've been using one. And so I think that's really important, but it becomes how, why I believe God answered that prayer is because our will and our desire was in line with his. It doesn't mean that when our will and our desire, well, actually, if our will and our desire is in line with the Father, then most of the time that prayer gets answered, right? Because if we're praying in God's will, that's when prayers get answered, not our will, but your will be done, says Jesus. So align our will, align our life with his. So how do we do that? We must align our beliefs with the scripture. Yes. Amen. We must align our beliefs with the scripture. Now, part of, part of this talk on unity came as a result of me processing and thinking about what the next year holds. I don't know if you know what the next year holds, but in November, there's going to be an election. And the last election was pretty messy. And I'm not here to be political. But if there's any time that the church should be unified, it's through a season like this so that people can see that the church loves Jesus more than they love a political party. And so we have to align our beliefs so as you begin to process over the course of the next year, align your beliefs and your values with the scripture, not with your political party. Oh, Pastor Chris went political on us. No, I went biblical on you. We have to believe, that's, why Jesus, that's why Jesus said, what did he say? I got to find it first. Anyway, he talks about the word in the scripture, right? That I have given them the word, and the word is truth. Don't, don't go off what I say. Don't go off what other people say. Get the Bible out and read it for yourself. And ask God to help you align your vow. Now, listen, when it comes, <laughs> no, never mind. We must align our beliefs with scripture. Because what you believe determines what you do. What you believe, it determines what you do. And this, the third thing that we must do to accomplish the very prayer that Jesus had was this, is that we must love like Jesus with grace and mercy. We must love like Jesus with grace 
and mercy. If we're going to be the church that God has asking us to be, then we've got to learn to love like Jesus. And if there's any time over the course of the next year that we have to be able to love each other, even in our difference of opinions, I think it's this coming year. You see, showing love and grace and mercy for someone, it doesn't automatically mean that you approve of their behavior. Okay? Showing love. I, I, I was challenged in, in John, uh, I think it was John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, Jesus had stopped to get him something to drink. Or he was tired and he had stopped and he had stopped it at Jacob's well. This woman comes walking up and says, he says, hey, uh, excuse me, ma'am, could, could I have something to drink? And essentially Jesus is entering into this conversation with this woman, which was a Samaritan woman. Jesus was a Jew and the two just didn't talk in those days. And it was unusual for a woman to be coming to the well in the middle of the day unless she was living a lifestyle that was different from the other women. Because most of the women would come to the, to the well at a different time of the day when it was cooler, not in the middle of the day. That was the hottest part of the day. And Jesus asked her for a drink of water. And then Jesus began to have this conversation with her. And he said, I can give you something more than water. And then he said, hey, can, how about going to get your husband? And she said, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. And the, the man that you're living with is not your husband. You've had five husbands, and the man that you're living with is not your husband. And what Jesus said to the woman, he wasn't like, oh, you sinner. He said, he showed her love. He showed her grace and mercy, but he also spoke truth to her. Go and sin no more. And what I love about this story is not, it is, yes, Jesus showed her what living water was like, a relationship with him. He showed her grace and mercy. But what I love about this story is that the woman went running back into the town to tell the people what Jesus had done. And because of what Jesus had done, they believed the woman's testimony. Amen. But it all began by Jesus' love and his grace, and his mercy. You see, the body of Christ, we can't fix people. Only Jesus can actually fix people. So it's one of those things where I often, you know, I get frustrated at times with people, and this is just my humanness coming out, I get frustrated with people who often know what they ought to do, but they don't do it. And Jesus is like, what's your problem? I'll, it's my responsibility to fix them, not yours. And so let's align our will with his Let's align our beliefs and our values 
with the scripture. And let's learn and strive to love Jesus with grace and with mercy. Because one of the things that he said in John 17 was, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me. So that signifies this relationship that Jesus desires with us and to see my glory and the glory you have given me because you loved me because the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. And so for us to be a part of the answer to the prayer that Jesus was praying, it's his desire for us to be one, to be unified, to desire his will over ours, to align our beliefs with his word, and to love people with grace and mercy the best that we possibly can. Will you close your eyes with me for just a moment? So I want you to make it personal for just a moment. Is there anything that might be out of line? Are you trying to control your life? Are your beliefs and your values are they out of line with his word do you struggle to love people who are hard to love maybe even like Matt talked about last week with Jonah he came to he ran because he thought that the people of Nineveh didn't actually deserve the grace and the mercy of God Is there anything right now that you need to surrender to the Lord? God, help us to be one. And after you've prayed for yourself, now I want you to actually pray for his church. God, would you help our church to be one, a unified body? Would you help our church and other local churches that we're actually connected to? God, would you help us to be one? God, where there are churches and where there are churches, God, that are straying from the scripture, God, would you correct them back on the right path to your word? And God, we pray for those who will come to know you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your prayer for us. And God, help us to walk in alignment with you. Not our will, but your will be done.
If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you're just still trying to figure things out, maybe this morning you just need to say yes to Jesus. And trust that God will begin to reveal himself to you. Because one of Jesus' prayer was this desire to be in relationship with every single one of us. To know his will, we have to be in relationship with him. To align our values with his word, we have to be in relationship with him. To be able to love with grace and mercy, we need to be in relationship with him. God, would you help us to walk in that closeness of relationship with you so that we might be like you, a unified body. May it be our desire to fulfill the mission that you've given us as a church, God, I pray. That's a unified body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. We're going to sing a song and uh, uh, while we're singing this song this is the last week of our bold prayers uh, and we've been talking about church unity so what we've done is we've actually made little business cards and each of those business cards have a different local church on them that we have some kind of friendship or partnership with and they're all stuck up here on the walls And what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to maybe consider coming up, grabbing one of these cards. And while we're singing, we just pray for that church and pray for the pastor. We actually put the pastor's name on there. Pray for their staff. Pray that that church would be unified, just like we're praying for us to be unified. I also want to do this. Is during this time while we sing, if you want to come up front and you just want to spend some time praying or worshiping, You want to come up. You want to kneel down, spend some time with the Father. Maybe you need to surrender to his will. Maybe you need to ask him to align your beliefs with his. Then I want to give you the freedom to do that. And then after the song is over, um, I'll come back up here. We'll bring our prayer team up here. And then they will be up here if you guys would like to be prayed over. So let's stand. If you want to come grab a card and pray for one of our local churches, I'd love for you to do this during this time. If you want to come up and just kneel at the, at the front and just spend some time in worship to the Lord, you can do that. But let's sing together.